1: Like, you know,
3: What is going on, sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here on another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And today, I got my special guest, Chris Coulter of the Coulter Boy Show, a great basketball follow on all of your social media platforms, here to talk to us about Las Vegas Summer League. We're going to hand out some on-roll type of accolades, the guys that really showed up and showed out in the Las Vegas Summer League. So without further ado, let's jump on in. All right, we are joined to call out some Summer League honor roll by Chris Coulterboy, Coulter, off the Coulterboy Show. Coulterboy, how are we doing, bud?
0: Pretty good, man. Happy uh, happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm feeling good. Uh, not as sore, so that's good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, we, we were reminiscing over some weekend warrior injuries, I guess, from basketball over the weekend. Um, but aside from being laid up with ice packs, we also watched a lot of summer league this weekend. Um, yep. And we're going to go through and break down like some honor roll type of accolades for guys that were in the summer league, maybe throw some stuff to work on in uh, summer school. I don't know how far we want to go to the stick there. Um, but Chris, you watched a lot of summer league. So for like the folks at home, summer league was on all day, every day. How many games yep. are you watching in a day?
0: Uh, I was, honestly, I was trying to watch all of them literally. I think I, at least five to six, just because, um, I watched college basketball really close. So I wanted to see all the guys that I thought would be something or the guys that, you know, didn't get picked or went late second or got that, you know, right after the draft call. So I was trying to watch a little bit of everybody. And then they were on NBA TV, ESPN three, ESPN, like two, sometimes ESPN, like they were on every channel. So if you had time, you can could, you catch could them. So I try to watch at least five to six.
3: And we'll start off the top. Cause you mentioned you're a college basketball, you like paying attention closely to college basketball, uh, Blake Wesley at Notre Dame, went to San Antonio. I, I got to be frank with you, before the summer league, I'd only kind of heard his name sprinkled in draft stuff as a late first-round kind of pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up going 25th overall as a Spurs, so I guess that projection was fair. And I, I, gotta, I didn't know this craftiness was coming out of him, so talk us through what did you see out of Blake Wesley.
0: Um, I, I seen more of what I seen in college. Uh, at Notre Dame, I think he was a guy to wear – He's a freshman, but he was the guy. like, or He was like the guy who had the ball all the time. So he was in that space to where he kind of had to make every play, kind of like a a pseudo Jaden Ivey almost. Like Jaden Ivey was a two-guard, but he's the guy who had the ball because he's the best player. And what you say, you kind of hit it on the head. He's just really, really crafty with the ball. Like I think he knows – his game is older than, than his age. Like he knows how to get to his spots, you knows how to get to the mid-range, knows how to you know get his teammates involved. And I think that's going to be important for San Antonio for sure because you know with DeJounte gone that we kind of talked about before, um, they don't really have a point guard right now. They don't like they don't have like a solidified guy uh that's gonna handle the ball. So I think him being able to show that in the summer league was, was really really good. I think he showed he can shoot it a little better than people thought as well as as he went two for 14 the other day. But he did show <laughs> he, <showed> he can <laughs> shoot it um a little better than people thought for sure.
3: He hit a couple corner threes, which again, that's like a very valuable shot in the NBA because mm-hmm. he space the floor. He, he looked longer on, and part of it's like the short shorts kids were now, whatever I'm an old man, yeah. but um, <laughs> he looked longer than I think I realized he's going to be when I see like point guard and I see Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I, I, for whatever reason, thought of like a six, three, six, two kid. He's listed yeah. at six, five. He looked like he has a positive wingspan. Um, yeah. He did all kinds of crafty stuff around the basket, like up and up and under, up and around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't the only spur that showed out, though, as you're watching the Spurs. We're also going to put Malachi Brenham on the honor roll here. So talk us through Malachi Brenham, I think, was probably even maybe a little lesser known. I, I, he's an Ohio State guy. Ohio State's probably a higher-profile basketball oh. program. Mm-hmm. But he also, like we think of, you know, guards and summer league and creation and driving off the kick and those kinds of things. And that yeah. wasn't necessarily his game at Ohio state. What, what did you see at him in the summer league?
0: Uh, I think that's, I think he was trying to show what he didn't get a chance to show at Ohio state. Like I saw that a lot from him. Like, like so I watched him last year he was there with EJ Liddell too. So he was there with the kid who also got drafted. So they were kind of sharing the spotlight there, but I, I don't know. I, I seen more, more than what I've seen in college. just I think he was really trying to show what he didn't get a chance to show, like showing that he can shoot it on the catch or showing that he can make a couple plays. But he's really, I think he's really a good defender. And I think that's really what he's focused on in the summer league. And, and like you said with Blake Wesley, they're they're bigger guards. Like these aren't your small guards. So if you're going to have them out there on your wings, they can be wing defenders, especially when you put them with guys like Vassell, who's already over there. You know, they can all be 6'5 to 6'7 and guard you on the wing. And, and we talked about it, like, how important the corner jump shot is having wing defenders is probably more important than even having that you know on the court so I like what I see him from I think he's got to work on his shot a little more just to be consistent you know shooting the ball and just to you know kind of have that that um that I don't know not even consistently just to have the 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 ability to do so like I think his last game the last game that I watched um Wesley was a little off but Brandham played good. I think he had 20, 23 uh, and three, something like that. So like I said, I just want to see the aggressive for him, uh more more times than I buy. Because I, I think him and, him and Wesley really showed out in some way, for sure.
3: Well, of course, in the most San Antonio way possible, it looks like they're shipping down for a rebuild. They ship off Lonnie Walker. They ship off Dejounte Murray. They get a bunch of picks. And now they've got a great backcourt. And at picks 20 and 25, looks like they got a great backcourt. They'll mm-hmm. likely get a good draft pick next year as well. And like very quickly, they're going to be back. Um, yep. Then the I,
0: Victor sweepstakes, too.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're in the Victor sweepstakes. <laughs> like, I just I can't believe that they're really letting San Antonio do this all over again. Also worth pointing out. Um, Brenham is a St. Vincent San product. At least one of those has done very well in the NBA. Yep. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> at
3: least
0: one. Some guy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, Those guys, I think the Spurs just operate lower profile. Those guys were both picked in the 20s there was not a higher profile guy than Chet Holmgren who both played in two different versions of the summer league, both in Salt Lake and in Las Vegas. He opened up draft night with a pair of dice chain on his chain. <laughs> like, yeah, like fine. he is, he is very much look at me and he played very well. Um, mm. Obviously like the link is something like until you watch it live, it's hard to really like talk about how a seven, one or two guy with a positive wingspan can impact stuff at the rim. But he didn't, he's not just a seven two stiffy either. Like he, yep. he had some stuff off the bounce.
0: Yeah. He can move around. I, I, I like Chet for the simple fact that he wants to be good. Like I think he wants to to be the opposite of what the stigma is, like you said, what the seven two guys are. And I think him being over there with Giddy and Shagill just will be incredible for him because he'll get even easier shots. He'll get more open looks. And and with him being able to shoot the three as well as he does, in my opinion, I think he'll 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 easily be a Fifteen and ten guy, maybe in the first year, just because he's and he's not scared to go down and bang like like he's not scared to go get a rebound. He's not scared to meet you at the rim. If you dunk on him, he's gonna go right down, still try to block your next shot. Like I, I like his, I, li- I like his, his aggressiveness, and I think he's like like the opposite of what the stigma was. Like he's not like a twenty twenty one Porzingis. Like he's more like the the New York Knicks style Porzingis, where we liked him when he was him a unicorn. And then like I think he has that type of aggressiveness and and has like that like. Like, I'm better than you type of mentality. And I think he needs that with being as frail as he is. And I think he'll get stronger, not necessarily bigger, but he'll get stronger. And and, and it'll show, like I said, I think in the assembly, he has some plays that's like, he's blocking jump shots from the wing. I mean, like, you know, from the from the paint almost, jumping out, blocking threes. He's blocking shots to the rim, getting the ball off the rim after he blocked it, bringing it down the court, making a play. It's like, that's unicorn stuff. Like, that's stuff that you right. would pick at your, that's what you want your top three pick. You know, you want a guy who can change the game like that. So I, I liked what I saw in the chat for sure.
3: Well, and it's interesting because up until fairly recently, if you give me a seven-footer, he's probably the one guy I know what position he plays in the basketball court. Right? Mm -hmm. I still, and maybe Durant, you could argue is the guy that changed this whole thing. I don't know what position Chet Holmgren is going to play. Like, part Mm -hmm. of me thinks he could like continue to get a little bit quicker, get a little bit faster, and be like a long three stretch four. Yep. Pardon me. Is like, can he gain fifteen pounds and be a four slash stretch five? Like, I mm. I don't know that position matters a whole lot. But as far as like trying to describe him to someone, he's still got a lot of flexibility in where he's gonna go. His yeah. intention. You mentioned his aggression, his like intentional like, I'm going to be the badass on the rim. Like that. Yep. That is impressive from a young kid because you know I'm a Rockets guy. Jamari Smith looked timid a couple times in his first game uh yeah. there, there were there were moments where paolo the game that they went with sacramento like the overtime like mm-hmm. he looked like the moment was kind of getting to him like, he ended up making the game winning assist but he had a couple mm-hmm. turnovers right before that right no yep. shit for all of his faults in summer league never had that <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah, he like, always
0: looked ready That was one thing he looked he looked ready for the moment and that one thing you hit on park is one thing I was thinking about it's like if he's going to play the five you gotta have a four that's a Draymond Green or a Grant Williams, like a a stocky or even a PJ Tucker, our guy who love PJ Tucker. Even a guy like that who is just tough too, to where he can they can they can like bump the centers off, he can go get it off the rim. And then if he's playing your four, like I think the Thunder's four now is, is Baisley. I like Baisley's game. Like I like him a lot, but he's not big either. So I think if he's gonna play the five there, you're gonna have like a little bit of just, just problem inside just with, with, with just size in general. But like I said, I think he'd be so dangerous at a stretch When if you have like a, a five who's just there to block sounds like a, a bigger five, like, a, like a, even a Derek Favre, like the guy who they have, I like think they released them now, but like just a guy like that is going to have him at the five, got to have a four like that. But like I said, his aggression is going to take up for a lot of that.
3: I'm intrigued. You mentioned the stouter guy. I was in the same mindset. My thought was, can Lou Dort play the four? He's already too times. short. Yeah. Like, like mm. how, how long can you get away with that? Because Dort is a long six, five and built like we're talking,
0: um you mm. got Shea, who's 6'5, and you have Giddy who's 6'7. So the, the height would be there. It's just they would look a little frail. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. with NBA today. I mean, we've seen Grant Williams play minutes at the five. We seen yeah, yeah, Jeremiah yeah. Ripper minutes at the five. Patrick Williams, who played seven games, plays right. <laughs> played some minutes at the four. So it's like you never know especially with, with how lineups change too, unless you're playing as a yoga joint B, you can get away with a, a bunch of things in the NBA today. I mean, we play, we see LeBron at the five, like, you know, it is, it is LeBron. Yeah. You see him at the five too. No, so. and
3: he's, he's six, nine. Uh, right. We've seen the only like, you mentioned Jokic. You mentioned Embiid, and then like whatever they're doing in Minnesota with two seven footers. Like there are only oh, a couple teams. <laughs> only a couple. <laughs> um, he they did do him dirty with that picture of his leg though, Chet Holmgren. Um, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs>
0: that was. was great. I mean, that was a steel shot, but geez, it's like a McDonald's French fry. Has to look like just sit down like that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like when they made it the NBA logo because it was like the skin. Um, anyway, the the other a second year guy in Oklahoma City that frankly part of me is like why did they have to send him to summer league but he obviously he showed out he had a triple double in the salt lake games of the summer league and then mm-hmm. he he came out and did his thing in vegas as well josh giddy continues to impress um we mentioned all the things shit hongren's doing on offense giddy's the guy setting it up on a lot of those yeah. things yeah. uh what what'd you see out of josh giddy in either version of the summer league
0: uh more of the same man just the, the craftiness i josh giddy's a, a big guard a big big point guard and that's why i love that backcourt with shay and giddy because they both like shay's a, a big guard with more of a score and i think Giddy's a big guard was more of a, a passive facilitator and i like the balance in that but from giddy i just see more of the same and with the one thing i was saying they need to go to you know kind of summer school for what we talked about was like just keep shooting it like getting better shooting the three especially like i mean he gets to the rim gets his floaters off he drops off good passes but you know, in the NBA today is about threes, and it's like his threes, the thing that probably lacks the most in this offensive game. And I liked, even though he didn't shoot it great in the Summer League, I liked the shots he was taking. Like, I liked the aggressiveness he was shooting the ball with. I mean, this is Summer League, you know, you got to be aggressive because they tell you to, but he was shooting it with aggression and he was like shooting with confidence, too. I think that's really what it was. Like, especially if he's going to be open, because if they're going to sag off of him, you got to at least take it and, and think he's going to make it. That's what I liked. I like to see him shooting the ball. But the thing I liked the most is when he gets the ball off the board he'll rebound it and he'll take it down the whole time. He'll back you down like Matthew Johnson from the three-point line on end and then make the play in. Like, I, I just, I, I like, and I see more. than. And, and the thing is, I think it doesn't matter who he's out on the court with. I think there's some of the European in him. Like, if you're open, he's going to throw it to you. Like, it's no hesitation. He's going to get it there as fast as he can. You're going to probably have a layup. So, I liked what i seen. I, I liked how him and Chet worked together, too. The pick and pop, pick and roll looked really, really good. Um, they, they he, he looked good to me in some of them.
3: The interesting thing, I think, because in prepod, we're talking about how some of my rockets did and didn't look great. And we mm-hmm. mentioned that like Jabari Smith probably needed a more traditional oh point guard at oh, Summer League because he's a shooter. He needs someone to help get him the ball in his spots. Yep. Giddy did that for a number of Thunder, but Chet specifically, right? Two guys that will start are Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy for the yep. real Thunder team. And it's like mm-hmm. they're already starting to build that chemistry. And I think it was intentional, it appeared to be that like. Yep. Chet's going to be at his best with Shea and Giddy on the floor. Yep. Let's start to look at what yeah, that will like. look like, right?
0: Yep. Um, a lot of one five pick and roll in that summer league. A lot like that was. Like so every Thunder game I watched with them, those those two played. It was a lot of just one five pick and roll. Everybody else plays off of it, and I think that's that was. I mean, that's the way you do it in the summer league. Like like we talked about with Jabari Smith would have. Having seven more points with Josh Giddey just off the strength of having open shots, like, I think people didn't even know how good of a shooter Jabari Smith was because he didn't get good looks. And I think a lot of like just on Twitter, just seeing it, they were they were killing him. And I'm like, did you not watch him at Auburn? Like, did you not know what this guy can do? It's just he didn't have a chance to do that. He was able, you know, I know I'm talking Josh yeah. Giddy, but just get no, on that as
3: well. Just like, but it's really that's the point. And I'm not really even firing shots at Houston Rockets guards for the actual Rockets team. Like when we get to Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green and stuff next year just the guys they sent to summer league weren't going to set him up the way giddy to his own credit set up chet holmgren and Mm -hmm. our third guy for the thunder we're handing out a lot to the thunder the
1: ultimate 87 picks
3: (laughs) uh trey man trey man showed up and another Mm -hmm. guy that like maybe could have gotten away without playing the summer league but Mm -hmm. he looked a little different he was more aggressive Um, mm-hmm. Frankly, he plays with Shea Gillis Alexander during the year, so we got to get more shots this this summer. what did you see at a, at a Trey?
0: Um, I seen uh six man. That's what I seen. I seen him be a really comfortable six man for the Thunder, for the Real Thunder this year. Um Because towards the end of the year, when when Shea was sitting out, when they were kind of out of it, and he was playing with Giddy and Trey Man. Uh, I know people didn't watch the Thunder because they just wait on the draft, but I watched the Thunder because I I like the Thunder as a team, I like what he put together. And Trey Man, he looked like this, and he looked like he did in summer league. He was more aggressive. Shooting the ball more, making plays off the dribble, and and Trey Man has game. Has like real like scoring ability, and I was able to see more and more of that. Even the games where Giddy set, Gideon and Holmgren set, it was Trey Mann's show. And and I, I like him in that role because outside the Thunder starting five, you probably don't even know who else is on their team. And Trey Man could be that guy who can go and get you 15 off the bench easy, just because if he has the shots and has the the volume. And that's what I've seen in some way. I've seen him just go get a bucket. And that's I mean. I like basketball I like that. All my favorite players <laughs> are, are those type of players. But at the end of the day, it just showed like he can be in a 2022, 2023 NBA. That's what it's about. I mean, yeah, you, defense, decent defense is cool. We talk about it. But it's about scoring and getting getting past your man. I think he showed like Jordan Poole-esque type of plan. Like like not even flashy to be flashy, but his game is just like that. And he goes and, and gets it. And 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 when he gets going, it's hard to stop that kid. So I, I like I like what I seen on the train, man. I seen more of what I seen at the end of the year.
3: Obviously he's a pro in a league where, you know, the summer league, a lot of the guys won't make it or won't play in the Mm -hmm. NBA this year. Then it'd be a year or two from now or whatever. So to his credit, he should look, but he had that burstiness you're talking about where Mm -hmm. he's not trying to look flashy, but he's going by guys. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the idea of a six man. Like if you want him to continue to have the confidence to, I mean, he's not going to play in front of Shay. He's not going to play in front of Giddy. He's not a wing. So he's that's kind of his two spots. That's like, the spot. Yep. It, if he's going to be a 15 to 20 minute guy in your rotation, it's going to take confidence in these kind of situations to come out there and do that. And he's still so young that I think yeah. that you know it's worth building up. Yep. I also wonder in the back of my head if they're like kind of shopping, like, hey, everyone saw Trey Man this summer, right? Like, because the yep. Thunder just fleece everyone. They want all the picks. And so maybe that's what they're thinking there too. Um
0: it, they're um, waiting on the next disgruntled star. I think that's what they're <laughs> they're gonna try to make make their move. Because I mean, um, I, I read an article last night. I can't figure it was. It was like teams are are willing to move their draft capital earlier now because they fight like the NBA's you know more wide open than when the, the Warriors had a dynasty in the you know Cleveland doing that thing. And the Thunder mm-hmm. could be that team if, if it's a disgruntled star that wants out. A young guy, especially like I'm surprised they're not trying to get on David Mitchell, but not really because you have Giddy and Shea, and you don't yeah. want Giddy at the three maybe, but. If a guy comes up that's a wing or a big, like kind of talk about for Chet, a, a disgruntled big or something like that, they literally would have the assets. The young player, they would have everything that teams are looking for. If Kevin Durant wants to go back to Oklahoma City, they have what the Nets are asking for. Like they have the young player, they have the the, the draft capital. So,
3: for, frankly, it, as funny as it would be to see Durant go back to Oklahoma City, a package around, they'd probably ask for Shea. 100%. Um, but, and then like, a bunch of draft picks the thunder could do that they, have <laughs> they, they, they have could the they could do all of that um <laughs> yep. I, i'm not i'm not sure i advise it because they had a oh, bunch no. of 20 year olds and then a 35 year old but like they could durant the was seven
0: team. years younger if he was 27 <laughs> instead of 34 yeah. jump all over because then then you might be you might be having might be cooking with gas over there maybe if you can keep chet
3: yeah one well, then you got durant and chet in the back line you got a whole different kind of beast um <laughs> one guy that's a little bit older than some of these that I, I brought up. I want to talk about was O'Shea Bagi. Um O'Shea mm-hmm. just won the national championship at Kansas. And yep. I was ecstatic when I saw he got drafted by Cleveland. I thought Cleveland was a great place for him to land. And mm-hmm. then he showed up in summer league and made our honor roll here. And he played really, really well in summer league. Um, yep. He shot the ball very well off of the catch. Uh, yep. He attacked well off the bounce. he, he looked more mature than most guys in summer league because he's a little bit older um, mm-hmm. or than your average rookie in the modern game.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think he fits very well because his role is fairly well defined already with what Cleveland's doing. Yep. I know, but I, knew, I was excited about it on draft night. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, did yeah. you see at o- O'Shea Igbaje?
0: Uh The same thing you just said uh, His maturity. He looks like he's ready to fit into a team. Like he, he looks like he's ready to, I don't have to come and try to be the guy I have to be because I mean he's drafted, I think 14th, I wanna say. So he's in that the end of the lottery, but he, he's ready to play. He defends. I think it's what it is. He cuts really well. Two things that I think guys usually need to learn when it gets to the NBA. I think that's something that he has. I mean, of course he'll get better when he's younger, but he defends and cuts really well. And I think one of the questions was how is he gonna shoot off the catch? He looked good shooting off the catch to me. And I mean, I think if Darius Garland's gonna be the guy throwing you the ball. You're probably gonna be open. He can make it. He can shoot it better. Than, and this is not a knock on Isaac Coral. He can shoot it a little better than him, you know. And I think they're the same, similar type of guy, like build and everything. So I, I like what I've seen, and I like how I'm going to just the maturity, like just on defense. Like he's able to sit down in a chair and guard you. He's gonna try to go rebound it after you guards you. Like he's he's all locked in. Look like he, he was. You could tell he had a, a focus and a mission at, at some league. Like it was to prove that. I'm worthy of this 14 pick because I have the intangibles. And I think that's one thing that, especially in the summer league, a lot of people miss out on. A lot of people think summer league is about, I got to go get my points. Uh, I got to go make these plays. So I can be, you know, on social media, whatever the case may be. I don't think OJ did I – I didn't see him on social media at all. Outside of the game, I think he had like 20-some points. But every game he played, you you noticed him on the court. Like you noticed him and his impact on the game. And I, I like that about him. I really do.
3: Well, and that's, that seems to be why – he, again, he's 22, so he's not, like, old, but he's just yeah. older than the typical 19-year-old lottery pick. Um, they want the
0: rookies to be 17 now, Parker,
3: that's why. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on a roster that's going to have Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley defensively behind them all, like – Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert coming I – mean, I guess he's in his last year's deal, right? The, yep, all but- of a sudden, they don't need the 19-year-old freak athlete. They need someone who's going to get in a stance, play defense on the perimeter, and who's going to do their job on offense. And Ibaje did that very, very well without those guys around him. Right. And so when you add Darius Garland, when you add Jared Allen, cleaning up things at the rim, when you add Evan, like all of a sudden he, he fits in very, very well. I don't know if he starts out of a quarter to start the year, but he's going to mm-hmm. get in rotation very quickly. And I, yeah. I think that that's a really, really, really great spot for him. Um, Especially if they
0: don't bring Sexton back. Like if he ends up not coming back or like, because I, I mean, I play a over Windler today and it's nothing against Dylan Wendler. I, it's just, you want your athletes on the court. I mean, and if he can make the corner three, you want him on the court. And while we're on the Cavs, that's the real two headed monster big man that people really need to, to talk about <laughs> the Evan Mobley and Jerry Allen. That's, that's the real thing. I think, two, three years down the line, that'll be not going to go ridiculous and go David Robson to Duncan, but similar to that, to where it's like, and Moby can do a little bit of everything. And J.B. Bickers i talked about it um, in summer league. And and the thing he was saying, like, he's going to help Oce's game game because of how good he is at the rim, passing, and all the other things. It'll make it easy for him to cut and defend his position, too. So I think think that was the perfect situation for him to be drafted in, too, for sure. Perfect situation.
3: Completely. And you know Mobley is 21. Mobley's younger than Obaji, right? That's like uh Jared Allen's only 24. They're only two years apart. They played <laughs> against each other in the Big 12, right? Like yep. they they still all time up Darius Garland's 23, turns 24 next season. Like mm-hmm. they're still young. They're not as young as like my rockets with the thunder or whatever, but they're still pretty well, young. And clearly yeah. Going in the right direction. Um, no. They also have like Kevin Love on the roster still. Yeah, so we'll see. Like, he, he, he brings <laughs> the average age up. I think that's why they keep him. There's no other reason why. No other reason. <laughs> okay,
2: Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement?
3: Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis?
2: So, I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So, maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden, but...
3: FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy.
2: Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The
3: Beard Struggle. Feast your face. All right, now, Chris and I have played basketball together a few times, so he knows who the next guy I'm really going to like and give honor roll status to on the summer league. And that's Kenny Lofton jr. Uh, Kenny Lofton jr. I guess he's listed at two eight six seven two eighty. Um, yeah. I don't know what his actual weight is or what his actual height is. I will say that I vividly remember watching uh, clips of a USA U19 game. And like, who is that guy? And He just looks different than other basketball players to put it nicely. He doesn't look Mm. like the traditional basketball player, but he's got the footwork of a traditional basketball player. He's got the touch on the rim of a traditional basketball player. And he uses all of that size to his advantage. I was super impressed in the summer league. He went undrafted, got signed very quickly after the draft by Memphis. I was impressed in summer league by at, Bluntly at 6'7, I was worried he's gonna get his stuff blocked a lot. And I thought it was impressive that he used up and unders and twists and turns and found his spots on the floor very well. You watched him a lot. You brought him up. So I, I this is not no. me preaching <laughs> the big guys. You brought him up. You, what you what got your eye?
0: Yeah, we're preaching them together, man. And this is the thing. I and and I'm gonna start this by saying sorry to all the Memphis fans, all the Grindhouse fans, but I'm going to do it because it's Memphis and he's left-handed and he's not 6'10. Shades of some of the exact Randolphs, I'm it nicely like able to get it to the rim, like you said, and not get it shot blocked. He's able to get it up, get into your body first and get that left hand hook off. He doesn't use his right hand much, and I'm cool with that because he's going to get to where he wants to go. He can shoot the mid-range good enough. He can pass the ball. His IQ, I think that's one thing that you didn't say that I was one. He's his IQ is there too. He's had some turnovers. I mean, turnovers is because you're initiating offense with your center twinning stem or power forward twinning stem. Yeah. In the summer league, so he has some turnovers just off of that alone. But feel for the game, he has it. Touch around the rim, he has it, and he's tough. Like he's he's a tough guy, and you can tell like he feels under undervalued from the draft. Because mm-hmm. when he went against Chet, like I mean, I know Chet's like fifty pounds way. I get that, but he was going <laughs> right into Chet's chest every single time. He was giving him the business, shooting threes. Like you can tell, like that game had him hyped up. And if he's gonna have the chip on his shoulder like that, he's gonna be a guy to where I want him on my team. I don't know when he's gonna play. I don't know what position he is, but especially, I think we talk about off air, it's like having a Jaron Jackson there, or even a Steve Adams, like a bigger guy there to where it can like, just be bigger than him. He's going to be effective because he can, like I said, he can shoot the midi. He's going to get his shot up. You're not going to block his shot. And if you block you're going to get a rebound right back. That's why I said it's like right off comparison, because even if you got the z shot, he's going to get the rebound right back and put it up before you can get your second jump off. And that's what I see a lot of Ken Lofton Like, it's just, he was able to do, so much at that height and weight to where once he gets it to a point to where it's like NBA comfortable, he's gonna be scary in my opinion. He's a, he's at least a guy that you if you don't draft him like like the Grizzlies, you get him early and you just work him out, get him to how you want him to be, and kind of go from there.
3: And you put him on your your G League team and work him out and continue to see at because he's a young kid. So as his body continues to change, yep. I, we, we mentioned in our off air conversation about him we. um, he doesn't need to get down to 240. I don't think he needs to lose a lot of weight because that would take away from the stuff that he uses to his advantage. I do think if he lo- if he lost like 10 pounds, he got a little quicker defensive along perimeter. Maybe that's not losing mm-hmm. weight. Maybe that's just getting in a different kind of shape. But if yep. if he got to where he could play a little bit more perimeter defense if he's really 6'7", people forget Zach Randolph was 6'9". Like, there's not – this. the comparison you're making is not just because they both played in Memphis. There yep. is something to that, like, being tough enough to make up for it. And then I love the Chet Holmgren game because they played on that U19 team together, and there felt yep. like a lot of personal stuff going on. Animosity. <laughs> it was an animosity in there. Like, those,
0: those back downs don't want your average, like I'm trying to get to my spot, that was – they disrespected me, so you got to take this. this right, sorry for you, Chet. <laughs> this, this is what you said. It felt like some, it felt like some animosity. Toward that. I'm happy you caught that. I caught it, too. I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm <not as> upset.
3: <laughs> Um, One guy that I th- so it's making an honor roll that I think might have – I don't necessarily know if he has reason to be upset, but the Golden State Warriors had two lottery picks last year and then went on to win the NBA championship this year. And Kaminga played a little bit. Moses Moody really didn't play a lot. And then they turn around the summer league a couple weeks after hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy. And Moses Moody goes off for 34 points. It's, and it's like, oh, they've got this kid. They still have that Wiseman kid. They still like, oh God, what is happening? Then they um, drafted
0: Baldwin.
3: <laughs> they drafted oh, bald, your bald. man, Patrick Baldwin. What is, when you watch Moses Moody in the summer, um he's a second year guy so you know those guys are supposed to kind of dominate the summer to some degree but not always get 34 points what did you see out of Moses Moody um
0: so Parker I'll share I went to a Legends game earlier uh well was it earlier this year maybe last year whatever I went to a Legends game and I watched the Santa Cruz Warriors play against the Legends Moses Moody had 44 points in the game I went to (laughs) so I've seen more of that I've seen more of it's it's just reps. He needs the reps. Like, this is, that's all I've seen. He needs the reps because he's a guy that, too, like, he's kind of streaky to an extent. But once he gets going, he's going. Like, he, he's a he's so point to where it's like no hand in his face is going to stop. He's going to be able to get to his three, his midi, his pull-up. And what I've seen that I think the Warriors had him do on purpose, shout out to my friend Dave. Uh, this is the player that i am um, They had him handling the ball more. They had him handling the ball and had him working screen and roll a lot more. Kind of like what you've seen Jordan Poole do when he was, coming up before he got to the to the Warriors club. He's handling the ball more, trying to make more plays, but also not taking away from how he, him, him scoring. I think last year that was his problem. Like He would get in the game, he would have that 10 minutes to do it. He was just like kind of pressing a little bit. I got to get my shots up. I got to score because that's what he's best at. I think in the summer league, he showed not only am I going to have to score, I got to go rebound a little bit. I got to make some plays. I got to do a little – I got to defend too. That's one thing I didn't see him doing in the G League game. I watched either just not defending by me. It's the NBA. I mean, somebody, some people no. are fans, some people don't. So it's like, you know, it, it's up to buy. What I said in the summer league was more of what I seen just with more reps. Like, he just has more repetition of being able to do it and having the ball in his hand. That's, that's just more about it. I, I, I expect that from Moody. I was a huge Moody fan coming out of college just because I thought of him as a, a microwave scorer. Like, I knew as soon as he got the ball, it's a bucket. So I seen more of that with, you know, just more reps in the summer league and not having to share the ball with future Hall of Famers before they period, honestly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um well and so he's just 20 uh Wiseman's 21 Kaminga's also 20 or 21 during the season next year uh, mm. and Moody just turned 20 Th- these guys are all this crop of Warriors is very young and I thought it was so you mentioned he's never going to be the like lockdown defender that prime Clay Thompson or Draymond Green or other guys Warriors fans would know about mm. are yeah. He did look a step faster on defense to me, though, in this. Yep. And part of that's being, you know, he played pro basketball for a year. Mm-hmm. But if he's just competent on defense, he probably going to play – he, then he'll probably play a lot more, right? Yep. Because if anything, Jordan Poole was not a lockdown defender by any stretch, but he made on the floor because he was competent and then yep. had positives on offense. I yep. think Moody is showing that – like you mentioned the comparison. I think that that's kind of where his direction's heading. He's not yeah, –
0: I think too, what you're saying too, Parker, it's going to be a lot of minutes opened up for those young guys too, because Porter's out, uh, a couple of the, like Gary Payton's seconds out. So they'll have some minutes at that spot to where he could have played a little more last year than the 10 or 15 minutes and then maybe able to, you know, kind of be on the
3: court. Yeah. Well, and Gary Payton went off and got, you know, he's he's an undrafted guy that had to go and get his money, right? Um, and, And Moody could, I think, certainly it looks like take some of those minutes. Um, I'm not sure where Kaminga fits in and, and Wiseman and all those things, but Moody looks like the kind of guy that they need to keep on the NBA roster next year to some yep. degree. I don't, I don't know what extent that will be um, not to sit on the Warriors for too long. Kaminga also looked good. He also played in the NBA finals in the last month. <laughs> like he yeah. he did get minutes in those games. He did. Um, and I And he was I, pressing though in the
0: summer, in the summer, he looked like he was pressing, like trying to prove that like, I'm a step ahead of these guys. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like he was just trying, like, the, the, the last time I watched, he was, like, 5 for 15. It was just, he, he'll end up with 25 points because he's so active and so springy around the rim. But one thing he's got to do is he's he got to be able to make his free throws. He's got to be able to make free throws. At, at least, I don't know if I say he's got to be 80%. He's got to be over 60. You know, he's got to be able to make his yeah. throws a little bit. He's he got to take better shots. And, I mean, even, I think that's sometimes why he didn't get as many minutes as he could have with the Warriors last year is because, He's he still playing like he's like he's in the G League at night or like he's in high school still like he like his shot selection hasn't gotten much better. In the, I mean, it's been two years since he's been playing, but yeah, it hasn't yeah. gotten much better at you know what he's been doing. So I don't know. I think that's what I need to see from him. Like he just looks like he's presses a lot or like he's just like out there to prove so bad he's better than them, like better than everybody else on the, on the court at all times.
3: And then the the other physically imposing guy on the, on the Warriors, we mentioned his name a couple of times, is Wiseman James Wiseman. I think. Um, so he's been in the league a year longer, but with his injury history, he hadn't been on the floor as much, uh, probably even as Kaminga, honestly, I don't have the minutes yeah. by minutes in front of me. And then mm-hmm. he did not have the college or G or the post high school experience that Mo- uh, Moody or Kaminga had, because while they did Arkansas and the ignite, he mm-hmm. did the at Memphis, but he didn't stick around at Memphis. And so yep. he's still shaping out some, um, he was physically imposing and dominant. He's a giant. He's athletic. He caught lobs. He had he was running the rim hard and puncturing defense in a weird way that, like, you don't see at a summer league because you don't see that kind of athlete in the summer league very often. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. He's nope. going to be really, really good. And if he's for the Warriors, that's a little scary because I'd like to see new teams win it all. <laughs>
0: could, could you imagine? Could you, and that's what I was talking about. Um, I, I've been talking about that with Wiseman whenever he gets ready. That's why I was so adamant on the Warriors not trading Wiseman as a part of a big deal to get a Towns or a bigger – I want to see Wiseman with the Warriors, and I, not because I want them to keep winning, but just on the simple fact is that if you can see what Looney was able to do, right? Even to, to the maps, I'll rewatch the close in person, being here in Dallas. Like, he's able to get 22 and 17 games. Wiseman being a better athlete, faster, quicker, shoots it better, all the things better, playing with the Curry and Thompson and the Draymond Green set him up, that is going to be disgustingly scary for a long time. Just off the simple fact of Wiseman's not just a a, a, a seven-footer, he's active. He's he's fast to be seven foot. He's an athlete. And like you said, he's just physically imposing on those dudes. Like one drop step, everybody's out the way. He's at the rim dunking it. And he and he he's good at catching lives. He can shoot the mid, he can shoot the three. Wiseman's one of those guys who I find you you stay as patient with him as you possibly can, because once he's right and ready, uh there's gonna because he's gonna be one-on-one coverage all the time. You can't would you Imagine double down off Thompson or, or Curry. There's there's no way in any world right. that you do that. So if you have your one on one guy, and I like Grant Williams, we talked about him before. I like a Grant Williams, but if Grant Williams down there one on one against, if that's the switch that you get caught or you get caught with a, a small forward on Wiseman, it's, it's food every time. And it's like that's I don't know that that's that's scary. How much the rich get richer? <laughs> that's just, just just plainly put. That's just, that's scary. no,
3: it, it really is. Um, and. He he's a guy that's like it's hard to project where he's gonna go because he's a such a generational type of athlete that you also don't have like you didn't see him a lot at Memphis we you know, like mm-hmm. on the national stage you got to be looking to find moments to watch James Wiseman play mm-hmm. a, a lot like our next guy uh, Marjon Beauchamp now I weirdly thought he might at one point in the draft cycle fall to the Rockets at seventeen and got really mm-hmm. excited um, because. You know, as a G League Ignite guy, he like was going to do the college thing and then didn't do the college thing and went to like a community college for a semester. Like there mm-hmm. was a lot of like what's going on with this guy out of high school. Yeah. And at the end of the day, wherever he was going to play, including on the Ignite, he's going to ball like he got 15 of seven for the Ignite uh, on the season. And the mm-hmm. summertime in the summer league that we just watched, I think what was impressive to me was. Um, for a guy that played on the Ignite last season, I thought he had a really good feel for the game. And, and, and I know that sounds like cliche in a lot of ways, but like mm-hmm. he knew when it was going to be like in a my turn, your turn kind of scenario, because we're playing pick up back glorified pickup. Like he knew yeah. when to take his spots. He knew when to be aggressive. He knew when to sit back. Like he knew when to do those kinds of things at a way that like playing with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday next year, I think is going to be important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, um, like I, said, I and, and I wasn't super high on, on uh, Boshin coming out. Um, uh, Terrence, who we played with on Sunday, like, I, I talked to him about him a lot because he was wanting the Mavs to take him, like, if they had a chance. And I was like, I don't know. But I think he went at a perfect spot for what I think is his type of player is, his player style. I think he's a glue guy type of guy, in my opinion. Like, I think he's a guy that can gonna play hard for you. Hopefully, he can knock down open shots, he can defend. He's going to be around the rim. Like, I, I've seen that type of guy. And in some he he showed me something different than what I was. Thinking I was going to see like like you said, I, his patience was 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 cool to see. Like I, it was, it was something surprising, but him being patient helped him look a lot better. Like he played a lot better just because he wasn't pressing. Because I don't think his game is built for a pressing style of basketball. Like I think he's built to be like a pick my spots, get drop offs, get open shots. And he looked like he's ready to like you said on the Bucks, a team that's basically all put together already. Like you know, they, everybody on the team knows their roles from one to eight almost. It's like if he gets a chance to play on the big club this year, if he gets like you know good minutes, he's gonna have no problem fitting into a role, in my opinion. What it looks like, so uh, like I like I like what I've seen from him, and I, I like how athletic he is. Like he, it's, it's it's almost sneaky to an extent. Like you know he's an athlete, but like some of the plays he makes, you like wow, like you know it kind of catches you off guard a little bit. So kind of like – he reminds me of Thibault's build, you know, like yeah, his build yeah, yeah, is yeah. similar to Thibault, and I, and Thibault's a sneaky athlete too. So I see them in that same like. Just athletic build, athletic, athletic range. But, yeah, I, I, I like what I've seen on the for sure.
3: Well, and this is a team that they took the Boston Celtics to seven games without Chris Middleton. Uh, they mm-hmm. won the title the year before. Like, this might only be a team that needs him to play 10 minutes a night because they're a championship-caliber team. They have Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Drew Holiday locking up everything along the perimeter – So they've turned Bobby Portis into a serviceable pro basketball player. (laughs) Like, like this isn't a team that needs a lot out of him. Um, But if they get something, I I think that's a win for sure. And I I think I saw something out of him in the summer. Uh, One guy, you mentioned that we both live here in Dallas. One guy that I think the entire city of Dallas is very excited about after the Ah. exodus of Jalen Brunson to watch Jaden Hardy come in and, in a very different mold fill the same role now you brought him up so I don't want to sit on this too long I will say though Chris I didn't realize he was going to look that strong like he looks very well physically developed already through his chest and shoulders um for such a young kid uh, to come in a league like that (laughs) it's funny because we're looking at like we always joke about like how good a shape was Luka Doncic really in and like He's having a beer the day before the games. <laughs> I feel like, like those guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Jaden Hardy looks like he was carved by a Greek guy. Like, 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 you know, like so when you watch Jaden Hard this summer, what were you seeing? Ah, you know,
0: I'm gonna start on this tangent really quick. I had to take a deep breath because Jaden Hardy was my guy coming to the draft. Like <laughs> I, I was yelling to people we can go. If anybody, and who's, whoever listens to this, you can go look at my tweets. From months back, I was saying Jaden Hardy was going to be a steal the draft wherever he went just because I'm sold on the kid. I think Jaden Hardy was a top seven talent in this draft easily, like not even close, like, easily. And I saw more of what I thought. And the one thing I knew about him, he needed to get his shot selection together because sometimes he just takes bad shots just because I think he's used to being the guy. So he has to just kind of get down to control, uh, especially playing with the Luka Dotsky where he's going to be in a limited role for sure especially just to start off, um, but he's a scorer and he's a strong guard. And I think a lot of his draft like profiles were weird to me because they were like, not a great athlete, may struggle to get his own shot. I'm like, that seems like backwards. Like he can, outside of the athlete, he's not like a jump out of the gym guy, but he's strong. Like you said, he's strong and built strong. His game is strong and he knows how to play in the mid range. It's not just a three or a dunk for him. It's a, he can get to his twos and get to his spots. Especially when a guy with like Brunson gone, I don't know how much Jane Hardy's gonna play first year, but Brunson was their mid-range guy to an extent. Brunson was a six-one post-up guard to an extent. And he did a lot of things around the rim, mid-range and in, to where it took a lot of pressure and it gave the shooters the bullocks, the Tim Hardaways, the Finney Smiths, the Cleavers, it gave them the space to be able to shoot the ball. I think Harden can do Hardy can do that at a different pace and at a different level he can get from the three-point line to the mid-range and make the pass or score a couple of buggers to where now you have to help and now your, your shoes are open I think as long as Hardy keeps developing and is patient with himself too like just patient with his development understanding he has not have to home run every time he'll be in my opinion one of the top three players in this in his draft and I know that's heavy to say with how big the top three was but I think Hardy's got that type of game and that type of potential to his game to be that type of player, and I think it showed in the summer league a lot. Like his his highs were high, his lows were were bad, I and mean, he had some some three for fifteen, some four for 15s But when he was playing good, you saw what I'm talking about. Like you saw the the flash in his game, you saw the athleticism that he does have, you saw the shot making, you saw the playmaking, you saw the ability to go board it and, and take it down. So I Hardy Hardy was my guy in this draft, and I was impressed what I seen in the summer league for sure.
3: Well, and when when I saw Guards in this class that were so he's listed at six four, a buck ninety eight, mm-hmm. so about two hundred pounds, and yep. it, it shows. I guess I'd seen pros built like that, but I, I hadn't really, you know, I didn't realize it was going to quite play out like the way it did with him. Mm-hmm. um Guys, you know, Jaden Ivy or Shaden Sharp. I'm trying to think of like his competition as a guard because certainly in like the Chicago Summer League game he looked like as good a guard as there was, as there was in the draft. There yep. were, you mentioned three for 15. He had other games too. Yeah, some lows,
0: for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, But you also can tell and watching him between his weight, how, you know, he attacks the rim very strong with either hand. Cause he puts his shoulders yep. into defenders. Um, he, you know, he, he can shoot okay. And he's a 20 year old kid that will get better at shooting from distance. Mm-hmm. I, I think what's interesting is it did not take long for the Dallas brass, like the people in charge to sit there and be like, Oh, we don't need to go offer Jalen Brunson $110 million. Like yep. they, they didn't even go to the meeting. It, and it was like, yep. Oh, the Knicks are going to offer 110. Okay. We're out. Good for you. <laughs> like, and like, good for you, Jalen. Right. Uh, like mm-hmm. at, go get your 110. Um, I thought that was very evident in how they watched him play. And I, I think that the deal is, is that they just see him as the other, the same way that Brunson and Doncic did the my turn, your turn thing. That's all they're gonna do with Hardy. It's gonna it, it'll be when it's not when Luca is, you know, either not in the game or there's you know, pressuring him up for for all 94 feet or whatever, like, hey, Hardy, now there's more space, go get a bucket, right? Like, yep, yep. that's that's how that's gonna work. Um, we mentioned that's Brunson. what they thought Denwitty would do. I think it's kind of like what yeah. they
0: thought he would do before Dinwiddie became Klay Thompson over the summer and just only shot threes, <laughs> size well, three out of nowhere. But I think it's gonna be similar to that. And he's he's spoken about it too, Parker. He said Come off the injury, he was a little worried about, you know, explosiveness. So he said this year you'll yeah. see exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'll I, get off of him because of that reason, though. And I can <laughs> understand that only shooting a lot. Of, I, I get it. But I think that's kind of what I see Hardy as, like, what they thought they were going to get out of with, Like, a little bit of playmaking, but a lot of downhill scoring at the rim, mid-range, you know, buckets.
3: The other big addition for them this summer was they went out and traded for Christian Wood, and not just because I'm a Rockets guy. I got to say that I think that will also continue to space the floor for a guy like oh, a Hardy man. to attack the rim, right? Yep. That that seems fairly well-coordinated. Uh, yep. They lost Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. The Knicks had a couple second-year – I think they're both second-year guys. They've certainly been mm. the pros for a minute. Uh, yeah. Jericho Sims and Quentin Grimes, first of all, Greatest nickname I saw on Twitter for Quentin Grimes is Busta Grimes. Um, oh, that's cool. I didn't even <laughs> see that. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> you saw these Knicks guys out here playing, and obviously second-year guys are going to look better. Mm-hmm. What did you see out of Sims and Grimes?
0: I like what I've seen out of, out of Grimes for sure because uh, last year I was just a little worried. I didn't know what he was going to be like. Is he just, just going to be a spot-up guy, a defender? Like I didn't know what I was going to see, but I think in the summer he showed that he can do a little bit of both. And I like the aggression i see seen them playing. I like the aggression i see them t- attacking the basket with. And I think that's going to be important for this Knicks team coming up because they have all left-handed players. You got to have somebody who can shoot the ball on the other side of the court or who can at least attack from the other side of the court. And I think he showed that a lot in the summer league. And he had a ball in his hands a lot like they do with all the second-year guys who's the best player to kind of give, just give him the ball. Um, I like what he did. I, I like how he played. I like the comments he played with. Him and Miles McBride played together well. I, was, I like Miles McBride, McBride in college a lot. Um, he's one of my, my favorite college guards. a couple of years back. Um, and I think Jericho Sam, I think we talked about off air, he has to get a, a move. He has to get something he can go to, like something, a hook, a, a drop step, something. But outside of that, he looks like Mitchell Robinson early on, like yeah. lob catcher at the rim I'm gonna deter you and try to board it. And he plays strong, he, he's built. You talk about Jaden Hardy; he's built. He's built to be even stronger than what he is. Like uh, he reminds me of Jackson Hayes with how springy he is too. Mm-hmm. Like just around the rim and being active around the rim. I, I like what I've seen from him, and I, and I like how he he tried some moves. Like he tried, they, they just didn't look. They, they're not there yet. Yeah. They just not coordinated yet. But at least he tried them. Like I like the fact that he. It seems like he knows what he has to work on and he tried to at least, you know, do it in summer league. So I like what i see. seen. He, he showed what he can do very well, and that's catch lives and, and, and rebound the ball. So, I mean, in the NBA today, most centers are that, unless you're the Embiids, the Towns, the Jokic's, the they're just rim runners who catch lives, like the Capellas. Like, you know, they'll make their money yeah. off of off doing that. So if Jekyll Sims can keep doing that, I think uh, uh, he looks really good too.
3: I I was impressed first with Grimes and, like, just – he you mentioned he controlled the ball. He, he was almost more like a – point like – not a point guard in that he brought the ball up the floor every time, but whenever they seem to run any semblance of a set, it was Mm. Quentin Grimes running the show. Mm. Um, And he, like I said, he won't do that in New New York on the big Knicks, but I think that that was important for him to do and show he can do in the summertime. And Mm. the Sims has shown, this is the second summer in a row, that he is a good enough athlete to be a pro big man. He just doesn't have the move we're talking about. If he gets stopped short of the rim, he's able to go like, Right hand, right hand, spin back to the left, or vice versa. He needs something for mm-hmm. when you cut him off on his way to the rim, um, and then I think he's otherwise set. He 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 dominated the summer again. The since the summer league is a pickup game in a lot of ways, he dominated f- from a physicality standpoint, and he ran up and down, and he he caught lobs, and he grabbed rebounds, blocked stuff off the backboard. Oh. And that looked, that, I mean, that that all looked like a pro should look. A name that I think is. Uh, probably to recognized because of his father that showed out some in summer league as well is Scotty Pippen jr. Now Scotty Pippen jr. Went to Vanderbilt, uh, which is sec basketball. I don't know how many people sit around and watch Vanderbilt play basketball. They're building a program. Stackhouse has something good going on, Mm -hmm. but you watched Scotty Pippen this summer and you thought he's not the six, eight athlete that his dad was, but he had some stuff worth watching.
0: Yep. I like Scottie Pippen because I was one of those guys who actually did watch Vandy basketball. And I didn't even know Jay Stacker. was a coach until I seen the game. Like, Jay Stacker's were cool. So, um, for one, I seen a lot of him in college. And a lot of him in college just scoring. It was a lot of scoring. He averaged over 20 points, I want to say, in college. And what I seen from the summer league was him being a point guard, which is really, really cool to see him being able to set people up, make the right passes, not turn the ball over a lot, too. Like, that's one thing that I like to see because, like, Usually when you see a scoring guard from college kind of go to the NBA and they try to put him in the point guard role, that's one thing you see a lot of is the turnovers. And he looked, he looked like he knew what to do. I mean, it comes from a great basketball pedigree. So you get that, but it's like shot selection looked good. He made great plays in my opinion. And he attacked the rim really well too, because a lot of it was jump shots and college, a lot of floaters. He attacked the rim really strong and he made a lot of good plays while attacking the rim. He played scrappy defense, hard defense. He was out there playing. And I think, he's playing with that chip on his shoulder to where I feel like a guy like him has to play because he, he looks good to me. I, I, I like what, what he's shown on some league. He's shown exactly what we didn't get to see of him in college, like the defense, the playmaking and, and everything else. So I like what I seen from him for sure.
3: Yeah. And I think what's interesting that watching Scotty Pippen Jr. on the Lakers is mm-hmm. if he would played like this at Vanderbilt, he might've gotten drafted, right? Like yep. um, at Vanderbilt, he was getting 20 points a game because that's what they needed him to do. He was their scoring option.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think part of the thing that hurt him is he's a 6'3 guard that looked like a score first guy in college. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, not going to cut in the NBA unless you're, like, crazy fast, got crazy bounce. Crazy yeah. Or, like, you know, Steph Curry just doesn't miss. Like, like you have to have something that, like, adds to Some it. standout quality, yeah. And instead, in summer league, Scotty had been – didn't have standout qualities scoring the basketball. He played fine, but he Mm. ran an offense and he distributed the basketball and he played good defense. Like he looked like a more normal traditional point guard. Um, And I wonder, you know, there's lots of jokes about Westbrook going on in the NBA right now and all those kinds Mm. of things and what the Lakers are going to do, how the Lakers are going to get better is adding a traditional point guard make them better. (laughs) Like even if he only plays 12 or 14 minutes a night as a normal point guard that takes some of the, that pressure off of LeBron, maybe let LeBron do something a little bit different. Um, You know, does he find his way to the floor all of a sudden because he's doing different things? I, I think he really helped himself out a lot with the summer league just because he did something different. The guy, I think that if you're watching those Lakers games for Scottie Pippen jr. That people didn't watch for, but that, had a couple of games with 20 plus points, was Cole Swider. Um, you mentioned off air, he's not one of these 5'10 guys, he's six foot nine, 220 pounds. He's a big kid. What did you see out of? I get he went to Nova and Syracuse. I was about to say the Nova product. Yep. They went to Nova and Syracuse.
0: Yeah, Syracuse, a zone buster. They had to play a lot of zoning and, and practice at Syracuse. And I know he was making everybody mad because he's a zone buster. That's what he is. And he's a more active-looking Duncan Robinson. 20, Duncan Robinson's 6'8", I think. He's really tall, but he doesn't look it because he's just a shooter. I think Coles shot in the 50s, three-point shooting-wise. And I know some league, I know defense is not as great because it's glorified pickup, like you said, Brian. I think that's the, the greatest way anybody's ever described. Some league. by the way. Um, he's a guy who can make the shot when he's open. He's going to make it. He's going to. And we're on the team with LeBron James. I've watched him for 25 years. I know he's been in League 20. I've watched him for 25 years. <laughs> one thing you need on the court is a guy who can make a shot booby gibson earned contracts off of making shots anthony parker who's ken's brother got contracts off making shots from lebron james and if you have a guy who's not six four who's not six three who can make shots he'd be on the court and he can make it from the corner he makes from the three he can even catch it one or two dribbles make a mid-range make a floater right? and that's what you need in the nba today especially when you're playing off stars now, if he was going to a team that needed him to be a 15-point score, he wouldn't look great because that's not who he is as, as of right now. You know, you guys are willing to grow. But as of right now, him being able to shoot the three as well as he does and the confidence he has and, like, he can sidestep shoot the three. Like, you run out, he, he fly by, he has every three-point shot and I think for a team like the Lakers who really lack shooting, in my opinion, and you lose Malik Monk, who's probably second or third best shooter on the team at a point, if you're going to have guys on the floor that aren't going to be great defenders, you got at least have people who can shoot at a league clip and I think Swire is one of those guys and not that I'm hating on Matt Christie, because I know he's one of the guys that they drafted to. I mean, he drafted Michigan State. I get that. But I think Swat is who they think Christie is, like, outside of the defense. Yeah. Like, he can he can shoot it. And like I said, a team LeBron, Anthony Davis, and if Russ West was going to stay, cross fingers, he doesn't. No offense, no Russ. I love Russ. <laughs> but if he's, if he's going to be there, you need more shooting on the court. You just got to. And in fact, like you said, how big he is. I mean, at the end of the day, you can throw him in a post and be a, a post defender at the end of the day because there's no post to play. outside the big guys we, we talked about. So he can be on the court.
3: Well, and you hope that if Anthony Davis is himself and healthy and all of that, that he returns to the guy that was a defensive player of the year candidate and can help defend some of the stuff behind him. Because I, I will say the reason that Swider transferred from Villanova to Syracuse is because his defense is not, it's not quite there. Right. Um, He's, he's closer to the, we talked about, you know, that Chet Holmgren is not a seven foot stiff Swider Mm -hmm. is closer to being a six nine stiff and that he doesn't, he doesn't move very well defensively, but he can stroke it. And I was impressed. You mentioned that he does like the sidestep dribbles too if you close out on him and you are out of control, he's still going to get a three off. It's just going to be, you're going to go by in one direction or the other. He's going to get one off. And I think that's weirdly, I don't know that every team would need him right now, but the Lakers need someone that can shoot right now.
0: Oh, teams Uh, that need shooting. And and if you have a star player that needs space on the court, even like, I mean, the Bucs do it really, really well with having Brooke Lopez and Portis space on the floor for another seven foot in Giannis, which is just insanity when you think of it like that. But when you have a guy, like Swire, like I say, he's a six-nine guy. And if just think about scenarios, if he's in the corner, LeBron dribbles the ball for 12 seconds of shot clock. I get that. It's my guy. I understand that. But if he's gonna dribble it for the whole time, it's gonna be one pass made. I wouldn't mind it being to him in the corner. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it being to him. Because at the end of the day, he's used to that. He's used to getting those shots off late shot clock. Uh, you know, late like, like, like I think Doug is a good comparison because Doug Robson became competent over the years since he's been in the NBA. He's become a competent enough defender to where he can shade guys to the big guy, a BAM out of bio. He can shade them to the Jimmy Bowles. He can shade them to the, the real defenders. If Swider can do that, he's a guy you get on the court for 25 minutes came easy.
3: Yeah, and I think that the interesting thing, like, again, there are plenty of teams that would probably not be taking a chance on a 6'9 undrafted guy that has one skill, right? Mm. Except the Lakers signed him to a two-way. Like, they, they're they not messing around. They're like, this is not open <laughs> season on <Uncle> Gold Swider. <laughs> uh he's our he's our guy um I, chris i can't get out of here without talking about one houston rockets um
1: you there are a to. couple
3: there are a couple <laughs> of bright spots i thought that jabari played really well against san antonio and mm-hmm. we've mentioned when we talk about giddy how you need some guys need the setup guy jabari probably needed that i'm not gonna sit here and talk about him he didn't have that setup guy i was impressed by ty ty washington and shifting from a shooting guard to a point guard because at kentucky they kind of ran a two-point guard set nope I was most impressed by the only Houston rocket I'm going to make you talk about more at length is Tar Eason, Tar Eason, again, without having a single play run for him was getting 14 points, 15 points, 17 points, because it's hustle. It's effort. It's fast breaks. It's transitions on, you know, his steal leads to a lob at the other end. Like he, he's a big time high motor guy. And I thought it was fascinating. I, how does this guy come off the bench at LSU? <laughs> like, like he was six man of the year in the sec. It mm-hmm. looks like there might've been some like politics in play as to why the guys that started LSU got to start, um, you know, like coaches want to play the guys they recruited and the five stars need to get the promises or whatever. That's he all did. fine and dandy. Tari Eason is phenomenal. He, he really like, he's a great defensive player and he's a six, eight hustle guy he went two for nine from three, one game. He's not the greatest shooter. He's not quite that PJ Tucker like, but I, I got excited watching him play defense and I'm an offensive guy. Chris. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's an athlete, man. And that's what it is. And NBA today, if you're an athlete and you're not focused on just dunking on people, you'll have the impact. Our Easton had. And on a team like the rockets, where there's going to be some missed shots, he can play around the rim and get those boards, get those putbacks. He'll get the board, kick it out. He's not selfish. Like, he wasn't trying to prove that, yeah, I was six, man, but I'm this good. Like, he was out there playing within himself in a monstrous way. Like, like, so I used to make some plays where I'm like, even getting the ball off the dribble, taking a couple of dribbles, getting to the rim, landing up with both hands, left or right hand. Like, just off broken plays. Like, he's a guy that you want on your team, especially if you have a young team like the Rockets do, and you're building something. You're trying to build a – not even saying a building culture. Every, every team says that. But when you're building around Jalen Green is going to be – of the guy type of player, a Jabari Smith who's probably going to be that type of guy. You need you need Tar Eason. You need him. He can be your 2022 PJ Tucker type. Like like you say, he's not the shooter PJ is. And PJ developed into that after a while. PJ Tucker used to be yeah. a drop, couple dribbles, floater guy. You've watched me Tucker for a long time. So, you know, <laughs> he he, de- he developed that. Tar Eason could develop a corner three. That's the easiest three to develop. And we've watched players who can't hit the side of the backboard develop a corner three. So, if he gets that, he'll be 2022 PJ Tucker. And, and that's what you need a glue guy.
3: And he. Again, like with the Houston Rockets having guards that need the ball in their hand, mm-hmm. getting a six, eight defensive minded hustle guy that does not, that will still get double digit points without needing the ball. It yep. it, it was it was an impressive, I think, you know, week for the Rockets. I, not that anyone had anything bad to say about him coming in. I think we're just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what everyone didn't
0: know. Yeah, yeah.
3: Talking about. Um Chris, you mentioned you watch a lot of summer league basketball. I also know mm-hmm. that you watch some WNBA basketball. And when the yes. season comes around, you're watching a lot of NBA basketball all season, college basketball as well, basketball all the time. Yeah. You run a show that's not just that. So tell us, where can people find you? What are you doing these days? And what where is Culture Boy in the summer of 2022?
0: Yeah, um, the Col- Col- I was going to say the Culture Boy. That's me. Uh, Culture <laughs> Boy is... Uh, He's uh getting ready for the Culture Boy show. Like like I said, I'm just getting things together. I'm I'm getting some logistics sorted out and everything like that. But I have the I have the channel up and up and ready. It's just just getting the content on there. Like I said, I I love I actually like podcasting a lot. Uh, maybe more than doing video things. So I'm still kind of working out like all the things I'll do there. But yeah, the Culture Boy show on YouTube. Uh, uh Culture Boy. C-O-U-L-T-R underscore B-O-Y on all platforms. I'm not that creative when it comes to names, so all those (laughs) things are the same. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. Um, Yeah, I I just love basketball. Basketball has been my driving force my whole life. Like I literally got to where I am today because of it. Um, My mom didn't let me play sports if I didn't have good enough grades, so that's how I got good at school because I had to be good (laughs) to do it to be able to play the sport. Um, But yeah, I just like all all forms of it. Um, I watched high school basketball. I went to Green Hill to see some games. I went to duck will see some games like i'll go watch it if it's on and if it's on tv i'm watching it 100 so yeah that's what i'm doing
3: again that's at coulter underscore boy on all your social media platforms also a fun follow on instagram there's the occasional like weird story (laughs) yes yes and
0: i'll tell you why i do that i love sharing weird stories because i feel like instagram's so serious now everybody's either selling something or trying to get you to like buy into something like yeah "Yeah, this is how you should think so like (laughs) and I find a bunch of random stuff all the time and since I have it in my camera roll I have like 2300 videos some of them are basketball videos some of them are Stuff like that. So if you need a laugh, you need a chuckle, you probably can find it uh, on my channel. Uh, yeah. yeah. And also, also, uh, shameless plug, I did stand-up comedy for a year as well. So Parker, that's that's probably why you see some of the stuff I did. So I, did that I didn't know. I didn't know about the
3: comedy, but that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chris, thanks for stopping by again. Uh, always fun to talk basketball. And I guess now we'll need to find some time to talk comedy too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Parker. Take thank, care, you. Man. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
3: Friends, that is another edition of FN Sports. Do you feel like you're better informed on who showed up in the summer league? Do you have a list of names to go into NBA season feeling like you better understand? Shout out to Chris Coulter. Again, thank you to Coulter Boy for showing up and helping us out on the show today. You can follow him at Coulter underscore Boy on all of your social media channels. Again, I highly recommend it. It's a fun, fun follow. On Twitter, he also goes by Hemi Turner, I guess is his name. If his handle is at Coulter underscore Boy, Hemi Turner is quite a fun follow. Follow. You can follow this show on all your social media handles on Instagram. We're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter at F N sports students. F I N S B O R T S number two. All one word. Both social media handles will have a link tree in the bio. It'll take to all of our various sponsors, whether it's in the clutch.com or Yeti or the beard struggle or whomever, as well as our merch store, which has a number of different t shirts and caps and hoodies and mugs and things like that, all help support various charities. Make sure you go out, help out a good cause, rep the show, and help us out in that way. You can follow me and my personal stuff at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H 512 on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, i be sharing stuff I'm writing, stuff I'm recording on, stuff that I'm thinking about, stuff that I'm losing out on sneakers, or whatever the case may be. Again, that's at Painsworth512 on Instagram and twitter if you want to help support the show for free you make sure that you download subscribe rate review to all the wonderful things to help with the podcast and whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys